What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to our latest mini-sode on the Here Comes the Spooky podcast. This time, we are sitting down with both Marshall Hampton and Aaron Southworth of the Here Comes the Spooky podcast, as well as another special guest, first time ever on the show, Ben Welly. Super excited to have everybody. Gentlemen, thank you for joining. Well, thanks for having What's me back. What's going on? Awesome. So this, to- this topic is very... <clears throat> Out of character for the listeners out there, um, as this is normally a uh, horror movie or horror-themed podcast. But the topic itself is not uncommon between the five of us. This is something that we talk about consistently and have since we've all become friends. Um, best hip-hop albums, best hip-hop songs of all time. Uh, five white guys in their 30s in the Midwest or older, looking at some of you fellas. Uh, <laughs> Early 30s, sir. Um, uh, Ben, I thought you were 50. Uh, you know, we, we, we get into this. It's, it's, there is no reason as to why there's no rhyme or reason as why hip hop and, and horror make a, make a correlation with each other, but we do. Maybe it's the era that we grew up in. I don't know, but it's just such fun to do on top of talking about our favorite fucking like Resident Evil games and why there should be more spiders, Aaron. <laughs> Um, spiders that dog we fucking constantly debate on this stuff and some of you guys took it so serious that you were sweating over it spending uh hours if not weeks of your life trying to determine what you felt was the best uh and so what we're going to do here on tonight's minisode is we're going to go down our top five favorite hip-hop rap albums this is not um like something that has to be consistent with what the world agrees to it's just what means the most to you personally so for me for instance i know that i have a couple that i think are on a pretty basic level known as some of the best of all time and then at least one or two that are just kind of i don't know one for sure that people are going to be like the fuck you thinking but hey this is personal to me i want to make sure it's personal to you guys and uh, we're going to go ahead and get started so Starting the countdown, uh, we're each going to go round robin with our with our fives. Uh, doesn't have to be in any particular order. If you guys didn't build your list that way, that's just fine. So first up, we've got Marshall Hampton. Marshall, take it away, buddy. All right. So I am glad you said. I am glad that you said that. Um, this isn't like like this is our personal, not like you know, we're not going off like which you know, Rolling Stone or critically acclaimed. Like that, we think these are like transcendent. They're just our personal favorites. Um, and you're right. I spent. I think I spent more time stressing over making this goddamn list than I did studying for my college finals. Um, I. It took me forever, and even right now, as I'm about to list this up, I'm still not 100 sure if I how I feel about this. Um, I had so many, I guess, albums that just were just any one of them could have been in my top. You know, my I'm gonna go five through five through one. And I was in that order. Um, I do have an order, but I just want to say, like, I have so many honorable mentions. I just needed to, I just, I don't know if this is against rules or not, but I wanted to get out there. They didn't it, no rules, five, buddy. Let it go. If you got it. All right. So my honorable mentions were, um, was Eminem, the Eminem show, um, Method Man's to Cal album. Uh, and then I also, a bunch of Wu-Tang, Ray Kwan's only built for Cuban links, Ghostface Killers, Iron Man are all on my honorable mention. It could be in the top five, uh, my top five, but. Just for some reason, didn't put it in there. And then I also have Gang Stars, Moment of Truth, and Daily Operation, and Hard to Earn. All three of the gangster. I love Gangstar, but I just couldn't really pick between the three of them which one to put in my top five because all of them are good in their own in their own manner. Um, I will suggest if any of you guys listening who don't know who Gangstar is and are interested, um, 
I would say start with get the the Gangstar full clip album. It's a d- double CD. Uh, it's basically kind of like their their greatest hits, but if you, it's a good introduction to Gangstar full clip. So it's a really good album. Yeah. Um, which was funny. I I know probably doesn't matter, but that was one of the best birthday gifts I ever got from Aaron when I was like, <laughs> like we were in like high school or like early college. He's like, dude, I know you got here's the d- two disc double album. I'm like, oh, dude, this is the best thing ever. I had to flip the fuck out over it. Um, but that said, um, I eliminated my 5B, which was going to be Gangstar's Hard to Earn. I said, nope, fuck it. Take it off. It's my honorable mention. So my number five, and I might be a little, you know, it might sound cheesy or I'm a bit of a homer here, but I got to go straight up Nelly's Country Grammar, EI, all the way. Uh, oh! EI. Uh, Batter up. Yeah, it, it's just. From start to finish, it's just a fun, solid album. It, you know, almost every track is enjoyable. There's very little on there that I ever hit skip over or don't want to hear. It just it's a good one. Get nice high energy, kind of get you know get you get you going. So my number five is Nell, is Nelly's Country Grammar. So I will I'll stop talking for now. And move on to the next person. Move on to album, next man. That's a great album. I like yeah, it's it. a good one. A uh, Aaron, you are up, buddy. Okay. Um, so kind of like what you guys said before, I guess a few honorable mentions, um, again, also Gangstar, a lot of Wu-Tang, um, you know, Snoop, Dre, Jay-Z, Biggie, Tupac, all these guys had amazing album stuff, but they didn't quite make my top five. Again, they probably had more impact on hip hop as a total, but this is my personal list. And number five, I like having a little bit of fun far side bizarre ride to the far side november 1992 um this is when rap and hip-hop came out of the early 90s and there was a ton of anger um you know rodney king the tactics of the lapd the riots but the far side they were just good jams having silly fun um they weren't hard they weren't callous they were the everyman they were the stoner the loser the guy who couldn't get the girl um, it was self-deprecating and fun with blends of rock, jazz, and funk. I mean, they kind of let you breathe a little bit out of L.A. with it. With it was so much animosity, and rightfully so, absolutely. But it was nice to have a breath of fresh air and a fun, fun album. So that's my that, number five. That is a very good album. I have had a lot of fun listening to that. Yeah, I mean, that's one I do not know. I, I don't know that one. Same here. That was right with my sister. Yeah, that's uh, she keeps on passing me by. Fantastic song about the girl you just never get. Um, this one about mama jokes. Um, it's <laughs> it's it's good times. It's good times. Right on, right on. Ah, oh, well, uh, Ben, Mister Welly, you are up number three, oh. sir, with your fifth album. Please take all it right, down. man. How do I even follow these two up? Holy cow. That was incredible. So, um, yeah, speaking of honorable mentions, I mean, the two that I probably had the most, well, my number one, and it almost made the top five, and it absolutely killed me not to put it on the top five, was Stankonia by Outkast. It just is such a fucking (laughs) good album, dude. Like, that to me was like... It is such a fun album, dude. Everything, every banger after banger on that album, dude. And, like, you can listen to it from front to back and go back and listen to it over, and it's just as fun the second time. Like, I just, to this day, it's still super relevant in my uh, in my CD collection. Am I super dated for saying that now? But, but uh, 
No, coming but, up uh, very old, sir. Very old. That and the one that probably killed me not to put in the top five was Ready to Die by by Biggie. That was a tough one for me not to put in. But anyways, I'll quit yammering on about my uh, about my outtakes. I'm gonna just go straight into number five. My number five is The Blueprint by Jay Z. I think that was such a I mean, how do you even equate it to anything else? It's such a monumental album in so many ways. And just to me, the biggest thing about Jay-Z's Blueprint was like the fucking production quality was so, so good. I mean, it was unreal. And just the amount of help he had on that album, just like making this masterpiece production. And I mean, like, dude, I mean, how many how many hits were off of that? I mean, like, you don't know. Heart of the City, mm-hmm. Izzo, Takeover. I mean, there's just so many bangers from that from that album. And Dude, I, I, I've got nothing but good things to say about it. And I was like, yeah, there's no way I can't put this in my top five. It's just so good. I agree. That is a great album. Um, 100% agree with you. That, that's a good one. Uh, I, I guess I guess I want to say one more stipulation, at least on my end, because why I didn't put that on my list, too, it's not on mine, is even though it's a great album, I don't think I ever owned that one. So I only put albums on that I actually owned myself at one point and I, I didn't put stuff on no matter how good they were like i said people said they were but if i never actually owned the album i don't think it was fair for me to put it on a list of my top five sure so uh, yeah but that's a great choice that's that that is an interesting take um marshall uh the one like there was definitely quite a few on here that i didn't own myself but just with the age of the internet as well as amazon music and things like that napster uh, yeah. Napster. Oh, fucking Napster. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's aging right there, Napster. <laughs> totally legitimately paying for it by Napster. But uh, <laughs> there there are a couple on here that I didn't personally own uh, and didn't come into <laughs> until maybe uh, a, you know four or five years ago uh, when, when streaming started becoming popular. But I just, you know, I, I can't disclude it because it just, it means so much to me. Um, so I guess with that being said, uh, my, my next up... Um, <laughs> This is going to be fun. Uh, so, uh, for starters, a couple of uh, honorable mentions for me is, obviously, one, uh, Jay-Z's The Black Album. It's a good one, man. That's a killer album. So, I mean, that album, I mean, right out the gate, when you hear uh, 99 Problems on there, and the way that song starts, just just the heavy fucking, like that, that metal it's just, I mean, it just, it blows you away. And when you want to check it out from there, you got influences from Kanye's on there, uh, the Neptunes, uh, of course, Eminem, uh, Rick Rubin, right? Uh, mm-hmm. coming, coming, uh, you know, from like way back when, uh, it's just, it's so fantastic. You got change your clothes on there, dirt for your shoulder or dirt off your shoulder. Um, just solid, solid, solid albums. Uh, or solid album, I should say. Another uh, honorable mention for me is Speaker Box, The Love Below. Ooh, that's by a good Outkast. one. Yeah. Yep. Stank On You is always a big mm. hit with everybody, but with that one, with that double disc, uh, it very much reminded me of when Wu-Tang did their double disc. And there was just so much on there for me to just absorb. Uh, you know, with, with Big Boys, excuse me, with the Speaker Box side, it was very P-Funk, old-school 70s hip-hop. And Andre 3000 side was like very pop and psychedelic, but still fell under that rap hip hop like umbrella. That was just neat. What just an experimental album that that album had something for everybody and is still quotable to this day. You know, I just yep. I, I love that so much. Uh, but my my number five here uh, is definitely going to be one that's definitely from uh, out of left field. 
uh, is Silk the Shockers charge it to the game. Ooh. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, right? I completely forgot him about that guy even existed. <laughs> wow. I mean, with just give me the world, uh, it ain't my fault, just be straight with me. <laughs> this This album, I mean, is just a masterpiece from the No Limit label, all right? I remember my older brother, we had an 88 Ranger, it was a stick shift, and we it only had a cassette tape player in it, and I remember just riding around and just burning a hole through this fucking thing. This thing has uh, Destiny's Child on it, Mystical, Snoop Dogg, uh, Mia, Sea Murder, and Master P, like, all just, like, contributing to this. <laughs> it is a fucking nonstop fucking just fun ride. And this thing, it's got 20 tracks. Like, you get your money's worth off this album. How many were skits, though? How many of those were actual fucking skits throughout the CD? Uh, I want to say... Crazy Records? Let's see. No, uh, that's a different... I'm trying to think. I know... I it's got to be more than 25%. No, it's actually like five or six. I'm gonna tell you, it's I. I want to say there's only one or two. I, there's there's one called like uh, Spot Again or something like that, um, uh, and it's like it's like number six or seven on the on the fucking on the track. I can't think of anyone else though. I really that, can't. It cracks me up to listen to like these rap albums that are like, yeah, 27 tracks and 17 of them are one minute and three second skits. Right. Yeah, with- what's with the skits? Like, I don't like that became like a thing in the '90s, like. Everybody had skits. On I think album. it was big to the No Limit stuff. I think it was just. But big I mean, to them. Snoop Dogg did it. Dre did it. Eminem had all sorts of stuff. I know in Snoop it, was like, on No Limit. They all had skits. What's the big one Eminem does? Is he does all the uh, Ken Kniff shit? Those yeah. Are the skits. Oh yeah. <laughs> Ken Kniff and the uh, uh, ICP, you know, stuff with the Violent J and Shaggy and all that. Yeah. <laughs> but but who didn't fucking turn it on and fucking crank it up when they heard "Ain't My Fault." That's Every time, great, dude. That was a good one. That, that was a good one. Solid fucking album, and I just love. <laughs> you knew it was a No Limit album because it had that fucking ridiculous plastic CD case that was unlike any other CD case being manufactured at the time. It was either gold or blue or green, and the kit, like front cover matched the back cover. It was all one piece of plastic. You couldn't get it replaced anywhere. Like if you fucking broke it, it was just that was it. <laughs> I love Those it. Anyway. <laughs> Those cases were like plastic rubber, so you could fucking Captain America that shit across the room. <laughs> <laughs> you just pick it up and it's good again, you know? So that is that is my uh, number five out of left field. Uh, up to you, Nachos. All right. Hi, Nachos Big Werewolf here from the uh, the introduction of the show. Or, wait, no, you didn't introduce me. So. Okay. Now that we got that out of the way. <laughs> Such a piece of shit. So I'm just... <laughs> I'm going to apologize in advance. Uh, my my answers are not amazing as your guys's like three paragraph bangers and shit. And I'm not a super big music guy. I'm primarily a movie guy, but uh, I, I can respect some some tunes. And I know I'm going to catch a lot of shit for this. I can put this album on at any time, not feel bad about it. It makes me fucking laugh. It is. Riddle box by the insane clown posse. I'm out. Oh, <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. I mean if you okay. Not, everybody oh, has that one bullshit fucking like haunting CD from their past you can just put on and just sing any fucking word from it. That's that's that for me. 
<laughs> and I'm pretty sure they talk about jamming a jack, uh, uh, jack in the box up somebody's ass. So there you go. That's, that's <laughs> little, what I got. I'm a little surprised you went Riddle Box and not uh, the Great Malenko. Eh, <laughs> he is not a big a fan of the Great Malenko. Sure. Hey, this is your list, man. Yeah. I go Riddle Box. I, w- I got that in like I think the fucking fourth or third grade or some shit. And I'm just like, what? You got ICP in like the third grade? Yeah. Wow. I'm a juggalo. That explains a lot. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> no shit, right? <laughs> Aaron, I'll tell you, his uh, his parents are weird. All right. So uh, was that, that was your that was your number five? That's my big giant answer right there. Okay. Pretty okay. Lackluster. I apologize. Uh so all right, the number four back to Marshall. Go for it, buddy. All right. Happy now tonight. my number four, I like just before I went on, I switched it. So I moved my four up to three, and I moved my three down to four. So I did a little flip-flop. Still, still making di- corrections. Still yep. making corrections. Still making corrections. Because up to the like record, I'm listening to all these songs back in my head. It's like, okay, this, I got to go with this one. Um, my number four, I think, is uh, might be on several people's lists. And I think even though the band or uh, band, the group is insanely popular, most of their albums, everybody knows. But I think this one with gets left off the list because I don't know how big a commercial success it was because, but I think a lot of people forget about it, except for maybe a few people here, but my number four is beastie boys, pause boutique. That's my number four. Um, that is just a great album. And I, I swear, I don't think a whole lot of people know about it as much as they should. Cause it, I mean, everyone knows about license, the ill and hello nasty and all these other ones. But like for, for me, for pause boutique seems to fall through the cracks a bit. And I think, from start to finish, even though it didn't have any of like, the big mega hits on it, I think start to finish, it's just probably the best overall Beastie Boy album. And it's definitely one of my favorites that I can, again, just listen through um, beginning to end without any issues. And I, I, it's one of the few albums I actually went out and bought on vinyl, too, not just on CD, but I actually bought the record for it when I found that. I like about shit in my drawers and like, oh, my God, pause boutique on vinyl. Yes, please. Let's get that. Um so yeah, that's my number four is uh, Beastie Boys Boss Boutique. Well, we'll just have to see if anybody else comes up with that on their list. Yeah, I mean it's an and then absolutely <laughs> unrelated album. Please let me say, you cocksucker. Aaron, <laughs> go ahead, buddy. Like number four, fire. please. <laughs> All right, my number four is the genius Liquid Swords, November nineteen ninety-five. So, genius. <laughs> Ruined the scene for all their members of the Wu-Tang Clan because his album is an absolute masterpiece. Um, this is the fourth solo album. Before that was, uh, I don't remember which in order, but it was ODB, Method Man, and Raekwon. And then he dropped and just destroyed everything. It's like he took a sword, cut your head off, and you didn't know it was still on your head. And then it just <laughs> slid right off because it's that slick. It's that good. Um... It's it's so cinematic. It feels like you're watching an audio movie, if that makes sense in any way. It's very rich in description. Cold World is an eerie, rich in style. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. And every track is fantastic. I mean, just start to finish. That's something I can listen to. And it feels like I'm watching or gets listening to watching the equivalent of The Godfather or Scarface. It's just that great of an experience start to finish. 
I couldn't agree more. I got a lot to say about the Wu later on, so I don't want to give it up now. But, man, you said it. That's good. I like That's it. That's a good one. All right, uh, Ben, you're up, buddy. Number four. Well, well, before I go into my number four, I got to say – Dude, both those last two picks are killer. It's funny because we always have the like. I'll talk to I'll talk to Davies and Mikey like outside. Like we'll just be bullshit and drinking. Oh, two? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Cincinnati and Nachos. Wait, Nachos is part <laughs> of the podcast. I would have never known that because you didn't say his name at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, this. man, we we have the argument all the time about Paul's Boutique and Licensed to Ill because they are because I'm a Licensed to Ill guy and both of them are fucking Paul's Boutique. We There's talk about this constantly. There's no wrong so, and then Liquid Swords, dude, honestly, is the best solo Woo member album, period, dot. There's Absolutely. nothing better. Yeah. Nothing better. Yeah. It is so good. But anyways, on to my number four. Uh, I have, drum roll, please, I have Graduation <laughs> by Kanye West. Nice. Oh, right on. I love it, man. I like, when I was going through this list, this is one of the first albums that popped in my head because it was just so influential of like my youth and like getting into the rap scene and like you know he was like he was coming up in the early 2000s and that was like his that's when i was really starting to get into like rap music and hip-hop and man i just like obviously you have all your classics and whatnot like and, and this was hard for me between college dropout and graduation because they are both so fucking good and i was like honestly I got to go with graduation just because I feel like it had way more influence on me and my, and my musical taste and rap, dude. Like it just, it's every, every fucking beat off that album, every song, every lyric was just, it hit home with me. And I still, to this day, I'll get in my car and turn on the album and listen to it front to back without thinking twice about it. Yeah. I'm kind of with you with the college dropout. I was more college dropout, but cause I felt like that kind of set the scene. <clears throat> then you're right. He kind of took it an extra, extra step. Yep. But yeah. Good, good pick. Thanks. Yeah, you're not wrong. So far, everybody's just been spot on, man. This is so good. I am getting a little heated by what we're calling the best Wu-Tang solo album. But <laughs> that later, I don't want to get brutality on your ass, but I will. Uh, so up for me now, uh, my number four. Uh, and this one is another one that I don't think a lot of people are going to have on their list. Uh, but this is definitely more closer to uh, the, the greater ones uh, <laughs> that probably aren't being thrown in there with uh, Silk the Shockers, Charge It to the Game, <laughs> uh, but is the score by the Fugees. This is Very the good. second album uh, that they ever did, right, after Blunted Reality. You know, this, the Fugees, if you guys don't know, it's just, you know, it's Wyclef, it's fucking... Um, Oh, Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't I don't have I don't have up to date notes on here like you guys do. Uh and I'm just like this thing is just solid from start to finish. Uh with like Fuji La being one of the first ones. Uh my favorite one killing me softly. Uh of course you've got Ready or Not. Uh then there's even a good version of No Woman No Cry, led on yeah. by 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 uh, um, by Wyclef, which is just fantastic, and it's very unfortunate. The Fugees is one of those bands that you would assume now, or at least in the late '90s, uh, that it would have been some sort of super group that you would, you know, like, man, I hope that they got back together, like the damn Yankees, you know, for like white people. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, it it wasn't. This is this is how these people started originally. Yeah, and then and then like Lauren Hill and like Wyclef and all the everybody like they they broke off separately from this. And this this What's album up? is just so fun. It's I, this one is, is is definitely on a lot of like uh, would be you know hey uh, 
I think that this is uh, something that we should listen to kind of thing. You should check this out if you don't know about this sort of on the list. Uh, it's definitely on like like Rolling Stone, I think, had it in their top five greatest albums of all time. But it was like way up on the list, like, like 469 or something. Um, but it, this thing, it's just, I can't do it justice by describing it. Uh, you should just check it out. There's no really word, like, there's no, I'm having a hard time coming up with words. There's no good amount of words for me to use to describe this album. It's just something that, uh, among with everything else that's on my list, it wouldn't necessarily fit in as far as thumping and beating away would go. Uh, it's definitely more of an alternative hip hop. Um, it's like with, uh, with, uh, Killing Me Softly. It's a very quiet, relaxed tune. No Woman, No Cry the same way. Uh, Ready or Not, a little bit more upbeat, things like that. But it just, it goes everywhere on this thing. And it's just, it's so fun. It's just nonstop, up and down. Number four, that's where I got it. Isn't uh, the fourth, the third member Praz? Praz, right? thank yeah, you. I, I, thank, I couldn't remember the third one either. I was like, yeah. I was like racking my brain trying to remember who that was. <laughs> yeah, I was fucking having a hard time there. And and I I, I apologize because I haven't listened to this one in a little while. Uh, it is on It is on a list. I need to get back to it. Um, but yes, it is. It is prize. Thank you. Yeah, that album came out in '96. Sure I can't remember. Got me laid more than one time in high school <laughs> uh, it's because it has Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill, like a few artists before her, like Salt and Pepper and um, uh, MC Light, had gave legitimacy to females in hip hop. Oh know? yeah, and this so. broke the way for. I I love doo wop. That thing by Lauren Hill. Yes, yes that's yes, a yes. killer fucking tune, man. Shit, she sucks at. Were you gonna say she sucks at acting because you don't like Sister Act two? <laughs> no, and nothing to do with that. I was just gonna say it's too bad she's such a documented racist. Because <laughs> <laughs> she has so much talent, like, it's, like you would think that. But yeah, that was shocking she, when I heard about she's, that. She's not a fan. Like, she's was... not a fan of white boys in the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we're doing her a favor. <laughs> Uh, so I guess then we should uh, navigate that minefield and <laughs> sorry, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't think... uh, the hey, other member of the Here Comes the Spooky song? podcast. What is your what is your number four album? Whoever you are, well, in no particular order. I actually should have said this fifth, but anyway, Ghetto D by Master P. Oh, make 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 crack like this Ghetto Dope. <laughs> I'd be back to the No Limit fucking Captain America rubber frisbee fucking CD cases. That was my other fifth one. Because it's a good, it's a good fucking. Song. I had to have a No Limit one, and I. There is so much No Limit that's being said on this podcast right now, and I am fucking so surprised by this. I <laughs> love No Limit. <laughs> dude, I'm wearing a New Orleans hat right now, dude. That's fucking like I love No Limit, but dude, I. <laughs> so not to cut nachos off, but he he had worked a No Limit show. Last Thursday, last year. Oh, he's rapping with him? I was like, well, right was, up. Uh, uh, working the uh, the merch stuff, and I was like, did uh, did they bring out the fucking gold tank? Right? Is that was that? Did that drive up on stage? Like, we <laughs> no, are we are no limit soldiers uh, on the Here Comes the Spirit I thought podcast. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I'm a little surprised by that. I did not take you guys for no limit soldiers. I, I did not. I, I, I we go deep learning south. new stuff. Learning you know new what? stuff. This is probably the most anybody said no limit soldier master p's gonna roll up in his fucking gold tank and be like you owe me some money 
He's gonna be like, "Who do you think?" Who do you? Can I do real before before we go back round robin? Though I just want to say, my I swear to God, my very first CD that I ever owned was the single edited version of "Make 'Em Say Uh" by Master P. That was the very first CD. I, ever I made my mom buy it from me from like Music Fye at the time. I was like, "Mom, I want this so bad." It's like, so funny. Oh, we gotta get the edited. <laughs> we gotta get the edited version. We can't have you listening to those bad words. <laughs> I got to get it from Walmart when they used to sell No Limit at Walmart. Oh, God, that's right. It's from Rinky Dink Records. <laughs> All right, Nacho, sorry, buddy. Finish finish up, buddy. We could, and so speed. There we go. Okay. That's it. All right, uh, so on to our number three albums there. So, uh, Marshall, take it away, buddy. All right, um, my number three uh, has already been said, um, but... As of today, I moved it up higher because of many of the exact same things that were said about it. My number three is Jizza's Liquid Swords as well. Um, that uh, Aaron said it pretty much masterfully. Like that album is just a masterpiece. The lyrics are incredible, like, super smart and dynamic lyric. It's just I can't say anything more about it, really. I wish I could. I want to. But Aaron nailed it. So, yeah, but it's just my number three is Jizza's Liquid Swords. It's amazing from start to finish. Yep. So I'm sure and sweet there because it was already talked about. So, <laughs> hey, right on. I mean that that is that is a fantastic album. Uh, Aaron, uh, please take it away, sir. Your number your number three. Sorry to steal your thunder on that one, Marshall, but I agree. no, it's I'm, okay. I, it's it's fine. I, I figured I, I knew we were going to have some repeat, especially us, and uh, it's just a matter of where in the or they were going to be. But yeah, yeah this, I'm 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 glad ours were really close together there. This is how an adult handles it, is where I called him a cocksucker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alright, my number three Oops. Um is a tribe called Quest, the low end theory. There it is. Oh, yeah, this this is one of those it's September nineteen ninety one. This is one of those albums that helped shape hip hop. Um it brought jazz to the hip hop scene like no other. I mean it's been done before, but it like this is where it really introduced it and made it viable and i feel like other groups like black moon even gangstar took elements or maybe had permission from such a great album like the low end theory to go forward with more of a jazzy style um and there are no there's 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 no other really hip-hop album like it there's no skits and there's no downtime between songs i mean there's it flows right into the next song very there's there's literally when you put a CD in, there's barely any space between the song into the next song, and it has a vibe from the previous song going into the next, uh, which is really nice. Plus, it introduced the world to Busted Rhymes. Row, row, like a dungeon dragon. Come on. <laughs> I'm not familiar. Never heard of him. <laughs> He's a fucking madman. Perhaps, perhaps you're more interested in the Flipmo Squad. Well, if you, if you don't know D, uh, Bus Rhymes, remember he is the uh, black kung fu guy in Halloween Eight. You know, <laughs> oh, that's that guy. I thought we were talking about Tupac. Tupac Shinshak. <laughs> this is why Lauren Hill hates white people. I'm pretty sure he had a job. Hey, we're gonna have to cut this whole thing. We can't. And it wasn't black kung fu guy. <laughs> this is such terrible cultural appropriation. <laughs> What, you're not a fan of Dangertainment? Uh, <laughs> Dangertainment, there it he's is. He's a business owner, Marshall. <laughs> Freddie, I'm so proud of yourself. <laughs> he's patting himself so on that's, the back. That's my home. number three, low-end theory. All right. Uh, 
Ben, take it away, buddy. You're number three. <laughs> All right, man. So my number three is, in my opinion, the perfect combination between somebody like Wu and Tribe Called Quest. It's the perfect, it's a, te- a short 10-track album, Illmatic by Nas. I got to go with it, man. I- I- it's just Ooh. such a yeah. fucking I really remember. So little a little meat to chew on is it was, this idea was actually Ben's a couple weeks ago. We were up w- late one night, and he was like, this would make a good episode. And I was like, we should do this as a mini-sode. And then we started kicking it around, like what we would pick. And Ben just went wild, and like every time we <laughs> talked, he's like, "Nas, Nas has to be Nas, yep. always Nas." So, Wilder Buck Wild, dude, because Nas, in my opinion, is one of the, if not the best, storytelling rapper of all time. Dude, the amount of like, okay, and again, this is a short album; it's ten tracks, five on each side. So you've got the A side and the B side, and it's five tracks each side, and it is like no. Re- and with that, you think, oh, 10 tracks, it's going to be short and quick and might be whatever. No, that just means there's no time for bullshit. Like, it just was 10 fucking... It, well, the first time I ever heard New York State of Mind, I was like, dude, this is what rap is supposed to be. It got me into those jazzy beats, that boom bap, that, that fucking uh, East Coast-style rap, and it just totally formed, like... My new love for like guys like Jay Z, you know, guys like Nas, so on and so forth. You could go on, on and on. Tribe Called Quest, these East Coast rappers, man, that just like fucking absolutely killed it. And dude, I don't know, man. I, I've got nothing but good to say. No, that's a solid album. It uh, if you if you Google, so I wanted to check some of my uh, results against just the Google. If you Google best hip hop or rap albums of all time, that's number one. Google yeah. returns oh, really? result. Yep, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah, I, I you know. Obviously, Google a few things myself, and I noticed that Illmatic was uh, either number one or in the top three so uh, on a lot of lists. Um, and I've never heard it. I I never really got into Nas. It's so ironic because in high school I was an East Coast rap guy, but I just never got exposed to Nas. It just didn't hit my radar. Uh, but later on in life, I started listening to. It. I was like, yeah, I've always heard about this guy. Let me see what's going on. Holy shit, that's some tight. That's solid, solid stuff. In my humble opinion, I think he is one of the most underrated rappers, honestly. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, Nas underrated. Are you fucking kidding me? But do you know, like when you think of like the big East Coasters, like Biggie and Jay-Z, so on and so forth, you never like nobody's really like, oh, Nas, I got to put him in there. Dude, for me, he's as good, if not better than all those guys. Absolutely. My opinion. Nope. You're not wrong. And there are no wrong answers on today's episode. Uh, Unless it's uh, ICP. Unless it's ICP. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm not gonna get notice I it didn't say anything a because good album. we sit down and we get super hammered and we play three to four hours worth of Mortal Kombat and that album, Riddlebox and Great Malenko will come up on the playlist. And while <laughs> it was something that I might have been a little embarrassed to admit in my late teens, early twenties, uh normally because like every time you see somebody wearing a t shirt, it looked like they also used that same t shirt to clean up an oil spill while they're changing it from their car. I don't know why those t shirts look like that if they ship like that. Um, Bitch, uh, look at your shirt. But I got a Wu Tang shirt, man. It came like this. I bought this from Walmart like that. Says the white guy. <laughs> <laughs> For those that can't see us, I'm wearing a bleach day Wu Tang Clan shirt, and it came like this. Anyway, it's my favorite shirt. So fuck you. Well, my second favorite Wu Tang shirt. Now, I enjoy the Insane Clown Posse. I do not enjoy their fans. That's a total different ball game. It's like Rick and Morty. Or maybe even the Big Bang Theory. The FBI has the Juggalos listed as a gang. (laughs) I mean, sure. All right. Kiss Kevin Army. (laughs) 
the, ir- the irony of uh, Cincinnati Jeff buying that shirt at Walmart is when you go into Walmart, it's primarily ICP fans. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, me number three, uh, and this is this is why I knew the first time I met him we were going to get along fucking great. My number three, also the low end theory by a tribe called Quest. Yeah, this. I mean, this, this jazzy hip hop, uh, people's instinctive travels in the paths of rhythm was the debut right and it's it was unlike anything uh not only of its time but anything since then what a unique fusion of 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 sounds and and of genres that this group was trying to accomplish but when you come into like check the rhyme on the low end theory and things like that and then scenario Mm -hmm. like jazz like those those were just so cool And, and then while they were so different from each other it wasn't necessarily different. It fit. It still somehow fit with what was being produced and sent out in the airwaves. And then, of course, Q-Tip. I love Q-Tip. Mm-hmm. Oh, just a hell of a producer right up there with RZA and like just solid artist altogether. And then, of course, like Aaron had said, just it, this is the breakout for Busta Rhymes. This is where he went mm-hmm. and took it and he became dangerous. So dangerous. Q <laughs> tip was a big part of Illmatic too. Yes, he was. Just just goes to show how fucking fantastic of a guy that is, and just how talented yep. he is as a producer. So just Aaron has pretty much said everything I can possibly say about it. But this this is a fucking this is a hit. Check it yeah, out. Yeah, speaking speaking of Q tip, he actually wrote Buster Rhymes lyrics in Scenario. Really? Yeah, that's all Q tip's work. It's just Busta made it his own. That's pretty cool, man. That's actually that's interesting because most most from what I understand, hip hop artists, at least what I've read, heard in documentaries, movies, things like that, is that they they obviously write them in their own rhyme scheme and style. They know where their pause breaks are, which is what makes it unique and fit. Like I don't know how to rhyme orange and purple, but if I fucking gave it to Eminem, he'd probably be able to figure it out because he'd make those two words fucking fit. So he could do it. That is interesting that, that Q-Tip would write it and then Busta would make it fit his own unique style. Just, because if there was anybody who had a very unique style, right. uh, it was Busta Rhymes in general. Like, there's nobody sounds like Busta Rhymes. You can hear Busta Rhymes and go, that's fucking Busta Rhymes. Instantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. That's badass. Yeah. Good for both of them. All right, Nachos, take it away, buddy. You're number three. All right, so believe it or not, it's a motherfucking tie. <clears throat> Tie between Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style and the OG Chronic. Those are good ones to tie together. Right? Smoke I mean, every day. It, it could go either way. It's real coin toss. I was like, probably in the like third or fourth grade, my dad comes in. He works in the hood. He's like, hey, guys, you're listening to this at the plant. You want to check it out? I was like, sure. And I'm like, oh, my God. I could probably out fuck Prince right now, and I'm in the third <laughs> grade, you know. <laughs> and I mean, the Chronic. I mean, the Chronic's just a good album. That's fun, and it's got some dumb little skits in there. It was kind of hard to decide: do I go Chronic 2000 or the OG? I like the OG a little better, personally. Oh, like oh, 2001? Yeah, I'm sorry. Two, yeah, that. I, that was one that I didn't bring up on my uh, not to cut you up. That was one that I didn't bring up on my um, honorable mentions. But two thousand one, I enjoy over the ninety three, the Chronic. Um, it's maybe it's just because as as artists, they've all grown. 
including Snoop. And then on top of it, you've got Eminem in there, who's just one of the best lyricists of all times. Always just, fun. That is, that is a cool album. But anyway, go ahead, buddy. I'm sorry. No, that's pretty much it, man. Um, You just always hear, you know, yeah, motherfuckers forgot about Dre. But hey, every year on his birthday, I wish him a happy birthday on Facebook and remind him that 2001 is, in my opinion, the best. No, you say that- I didn't forget about you. I didn't forget about you, Dre. <laughs> I didn't forget about you. I always, I just, I just re-post uh, the one I have. I'm like, some motherfuckers forget about Dre. They always want to talk about the Chronic '93, but for me, it's fucking 2001. Hey, you don't talk about me like that. You know how much I love '93, the Chronic. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, is Dr. Dre a doctor the same way like Dr. Doom is a doctor? Dr. Doom is a doctor. No, he he's more doctor. like he's more like my therapist, like Dr. Pepper's a doctor. <laughs> is he a doctor of like beatology or is a doctor? Well, who's who's the doctor of thugonomics? Isn't that's that, John uh, Cena? John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> he's more like Dr. Love. They call me Dr. Love. Well, my wife's gynecologist is Dr. Octagonicologist, so... No, I mean, really. Growing up here in O'Fallon, I used to have a doctor, swear to God, on all the comic books and toys that I own, pediatrician, his name was Dr. Needles. <laughs> Yikes. Spelled exactly how it sounds. Out of all the fucking professions you could have chose. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Why could not do heroin? John Needles, the, worse, the fucking insurance guy. Doctor, turn your head and cough. <laughs> doctor, doctor ass rape murderer doctor ass <laughs> he's a proctologist <laughs> all right go and i'm done and i'm done let's just fucking cut that shit out right now <laughs> with marshall's misappropriation and our just terrible terrible jokes this is a bad episode <laughs> The mic's on. I can just see Marshall going like, God damn. <laughs> That's right. All right, Marshall, you are up, sir. With, <laughs> with well, your, uh, um, with your uh, I'm gonna number two. Say, yeah, my uh, my number two, well, I don't have much to say about it anymore because uh, Cincinnati Jeff, my, I'm just going to call you Thunderstealer now because my number two <laughs> is uh, Dr. Dre's Chronic 2001. Uh, I guess I don't have anything else to say about it because you said everything there was to really say. I'm sorry. Um, so, And I know how yeah. hard you worked on this list, so please believe me when I say that I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, He's also you. like, change your password, too. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dr. Dre's Chronic 2001. I, I love that album. Um I actually never owned the original crank. I mean, I listened to tracks off of it here and there, but never actually owned it. Um, so I'm not going to say I, I, it's one I can say is better. But I think the crime, I do think it's the 2001 is better. I That is a, another one, like pretty much everything on this list, I can list through from start to finish. And every single track is just so good. And just I don't skip over any. It just, I'm always, it's got my head bopping, you know, I'm just, I, I'm just, it's just so good. I can't say, but fuck it. I, I fuck it. You said everything. God damn it, Jeff. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. So yeah, there's my number two, crying, two thousand one. <laughs> All right, Aaron, Aaron, take it away, buddy. Your number two. All right, my number two was very, very close to my number one. Very close to my number one. But my number two is Wu Tang Clan. Enter the Wu Tang, November nineteen ninety three. Um. Wu-Tang 
is the Mortal Kombat of hip-hop. <laughs> um, in fact, they were released just six months apart from each other. Mortal Kombat came out first, followed by Wu-Tang. The Kung Fu movie influences, the over-the-top over violence, I'll bang your nuts on a dressel with a spiked fucking bat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and just a cast nuts. of characters, a cast of characters that are unique and fully capable of standing on their own, but they're best under one umbrella. Um, it's aggressive, it's raw, and it still holds up to this day. Uh, you have out songs like Cream, which, and uh, Could It All Be So Simple, which is a little bit more, I wouldn't say R&B, but definitely has more of a, a slower, more thinking person style. But then you got Bring the Ruckus, um, shame on the. Eh. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What's the name of that track? <laughs> shame on the. <laughs> shame on the n-word who tries to one game on the n-word. Whoa. Right, right. Whoa. It's just so aggressive, and it's the first time you hear these crazy kung fu sounds. The RZA is just going nuts with producing, and the other members just fill it all in. It's fantastic. Still. I play it today. Don't skip a track. Like Marshall was saying earlier, it's great. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. And you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm not going to tell you where it is, but this is definitely on my list too. And of course, uh, not something that I was really thinking about uh, before we move on to Ben, though. If anybody is offended by the things that we're saying, my address is 16 Woodman Street in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, just <laughs> knock on the door and ask for Eric. That's Hey, that's not your real address. It's Eric Krieger's. <laughs> oh, shit. I like how you give someone else's real address. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. His social security number is 560. <clears throat> no, no. He, he, was, he was a little bit across the street, though, to figure out which. <sighs> All right. Anyway, <laughs> going on. Uh, ben, number two, buddy. You know what I love about five white guys sitting here talking about rap is there is an obvious word that we are not allowed to say, but it's in rap so heavily and, and <laughs> names of groups and songs. So it's like, yeah, those fellas with attitude. I really fucking love that band. <laughs> it cracks me up, dude. So uh, anyways, uh, yeah, my number two. Is what? The word friend? Yeah, friends <laughs> with attitude. Yeah, dude, you can't you say that. That's <laughs> so my number two. <laughs> 2001 the chronic by dr dre <laughs> you know what I'm, I'm i'm switching it up though because they, i was at a tie for number two and it, this one was just going to be an honorable mention but just for the podcast i'm going to go with my honorable mention instead because this is easily a number two for me slim shady lp dude that was yeah such yeah, good. a good fucking album everything dude, guilty conscience i mean think about yeah. how controversial that song was when it first came out you had moms across America, white moms across America, like, oh, my God, you can't listen to this bullshit. You know, meanwhile, they're getting their fucking ass beat by their husbands because they didn't fucking cook dinner early enough. You know, but no, you can't listen to Guilty Conscience. My so buddy's was, mom wouldn't let him listen to that in the house. It was only outside in his car while he was either driving it or washing it. <laughs> Dude, it's so good. But, yeah, honestly, it was 2001 The Chronic. Fuck you guys. I love you. But that's. That's a great album too. Sorry, I can't say I anything. Else. I ruined that for everybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had a lot of Eminem songs, like uh, albums, I should say, in, on my list as well. But um, Slim Shade, that was one. That one's great. But yeah, Eminem. I put just. Uh, I, me I remember Eminem show is my is my honorable mention. But I can't disagree with you. I mean, that is a that one too. Is just, it's a great album, and his his 
I mean, Eminem's lyrics and just the way he he flows and the, the, his um, just his well, his lyrics and his messages are just so different and compelling than anything else that's out there um, at the time. Probably still is out there. That it, it's just yeah, he's such he's great. He does everything he's done has been really really good. Dude is an amazing. Want to see me stick nine inch nails through each one of my eyelids? <laughs> oh man. Well, what was really cool was that no, sorry, nachos. Uh, was that nobody had really seen a white guy come out before this? <laughs> Obviously, the normal comparison at this point was still Vanilla Ice, who was able to pull something off like this, and he had already come with the backing and approval of Dr. Dre, which made it all that much more special. Oh yeah, uh, sir, Marky real. Mark and the Funky Bunch. Vanilla <laughs> Ice is oh. Number one, right? I mean, <laughs> we, we know Eminem could not time. have been Eminem and where he's at without Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre, yeah. of course. Eminem. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But even with that stamp of approval, his talent speaks volumes. Absolutely, Dr. Dre got him in the door. You know, got him in the conversation, and Eminem just from there. It was all Eminem. He but took remember, it from there. that's not always a good thing because it's Usher's fault. Because he found Justin Bieber. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm not saying it's always a good thing at all. I'm just saying, like, fuck, fuck Bieber. Fuck Usher. Yeah. What's the name of the, what's the, name of the producer? Dance. What's the name of that producer? Paul, uh, it's Dr. Dre. He's the guy who found Eminem. Paul. Um, Paul Rubens? Is it, no, it's not Rubens. That's Pee Herman, dog. That's Pee Wee Herman, dude. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> I'm going to make you so much money. <laughs> Yeah, Paul, I forget his last name, but yeah, he's on a lot of the albums. Again, talking about the yeah. hip hop skits and all that. There's a lot of the Paul stuff in the yeah in the skits. All right, uh, so for me, my number two on my list, uh, Marshall had already said it. So now you know how I feel, buddy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but it is it is absolutely, uh, and I already know that this is going to be on somebody else's list. Is Beastie Boys' Paul's Boutique? This album. Unless you're a fan, you just don't know about this album exactly how Marshall had described it. I remember uh, texting somebody, putting I'll put it on Instagram, like a picture of Alexa. And I was like, I wish Alexa showed uh, artwork. Otherwise, you guys just don't know that I fucking am listening to Paul's Boutique. And uh, it, was, it was Aaron who got back with the shake, yo, rumba. Like, immediately. <laughs> and so you know somebody who knows that album. But this album itself, it was sandwiched between License to Ill and Check Your Head. Most folks, at least in my age, and obviously we have a small age gap between uh, the Here Comes the Spooky and the Horrible Horror. Um, so unless they had maybe an older sibling, they started with probably Ill Communication or Hello Nasty, which are both solid albums. But that was probably their first Beastie Boy album. They may have heard some of the other songs on the radio, but they weren't doing a self-discovery until they started buying those CDs themselves. Now, all four of those are great albums, but Paul's Boutique is something special. People always ask me when I talk about it, like, what songs they might know off of it. And while I know that Hello uh, Ladies or whatever, like, that had maybe a little bit of airplay, I can't think of any serious radio hits on the whole album that anybody beyond fans would know. But the whole album itself is beyond measurements. I can't just say, oh, well, what's a hit on there that I might know? It's, that's, not, that's not the point of the album. This is this sample soundtrack for their art that they wanted to make. And it's, it's said that they've sampled upwards of over a thousand different uh, songs and, and beats and things like that. I know that there's the Beatles on there and uh, Grandmaster Flash and stuff like that. 
And while this doesn't get played on the radio, you can bet your ass, and Marshall can back me up because I know his history, this is on any real DJ's best of list. Yeah. This is a fantastic album, and you can put this on again from start to finish, and even not knowing the words, half these songs go without really having more than just a couple seconds of lyrics. It's just a nonstop fucking head bob ride. Was Paul Revere off that album, or was that? No. No. Licensed to Hill? Check your head, I think. Yeah. How did I know that we weren't going to be able to get through a music talk without Eric bringing up the fucking Beatles? Or, I'm sorry, Cincinnati Jeff. Anyway, but, nachos. But yeah, Paul's, Paul's boutique is. I'm sorry, just I just want to go. Go ahead, Aaron. Go ahead. Looking down the barrel of a gun. Um, high plains drifter. Uh, um, hey, ladies. Just a high plains. Eggman Egg Egg too. Eggman. Like sounds of science, and then they're able to slip in a little hillbilly banjo riff in the middle I don't know of the album. We're like, the hell away from the barbecue, but it works. It's so weird. It does, and every song is different from another. It's, I, I remember having several different house parties when we first moved into this house, and I, I started the night with that, and everybody would be like, what is this? Can we put on something else? Like, it's no, fuck fun. You, just Paul's what it is. It's fun. They're like, I don't know it. Yeah. I'm like, you're not going to know anything off of it. If you don't know any one of them, you don't know all of them. It's, it's that simple. You either know Paul's Boutique or you don't. And it's You hit the nail on the head, though. It's not to be an elitist. It's just, it's that kind of album. You either like it or you don't, and if you like it, you know it. You don't know part yeah. of it. You know it all. You hit the nail on the head, though, like, for me, 32 years old, my my introduction to Beastie Boys was Hello Nasty. So, mm-hmm. like, as much as I love that album, I look at albums like Paul's Boutique and License to Ill and shit like that, and it's just, to me, I, I like it more, but I grew up on Hello Nasty. That's what that's the first yeah, introduction, see, my introduction I had. Introduction, yeah, my intro was, like, you know, Brass Monkey and, you know, Fight for Your Right to Party, like, the old school stuff that everybody knows now. But, yeah, to me, Hello Nasty with Intergalactic and all that, that came out, I was in college by the time that came out. It was like uh, 99, 98, yeah, 98. Yeah, in college. <laughs> in college. We were, we're, we're four years apart. At, at our fraternity yeah. parties. DJ we, we were just entering high school. But, I still yeah. have that CD somewhere. Hello, Nassie. It's somewhere in my house. I don't know where it's at, but I got it. It's a good one. Uh, Nachos, you're number two, buddy. Um, I'm going to jump in real quick. Yeah, I already know you're number one, by the way. <laughs> And I'm here to tell you that uh, Careless Whisper <laughs> and Wham! is not a rap album. But go ahead with your number two. I cannot wait to hit you with my car because that's the fucking sound your, wind, your face is going to make on my windshield. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like crying and I'll be just trying to wipe the tears out your face. Anyway. Um, See, you think I forgot about you, then I had this whole gag set up. What's what's everybody's least favorite Beastie Boys song? I can't do No Sleep Till Brooklyn. If I hear that song again, I'll fuck Come up, on, man. That's one of my man, favorites. That's a good one. Honestly, I'd have to say Five for Your Right to Party. That just, it gets played too much, in my opinion. No Sleep on, is, man, so good. On a brass, car trip. Brass monkey for me. On a car trip to uh, North Carolina, a 14 hour car ride, I heard managed to hear that song every half an hour on the fucking half an hour, just cycling through stations. I mean, it's a good song, but I personally cannot hear it anymore yeah no i don't dude that's that's a lot of good songs i write you you hear something over and over and over and finally you're like dude if i have to hear this one more time i'm gonna throw myself out of this car i'm gonna fucking lose it <laughs> <laughs> all right so on, on to number two 36 chambers oh by the wow. way it's an amazing album like if you just i i don't even have to 
I'm not chopping up. I'm just genuinely stuttering because I can't think of anything to say about this album other than it's fucking amazing. I mean, dude, yeah, I mean, 36 Chambers is one of the most influential rap albums of all. I mean, look how many, not only how many solo artists came from Wu-Tang, like, and had amazing careers as a RZA, the Jizza Method Man, ODB. I mean, you could go on and on, Ghostface Killer, and you could do all of them, dude. Like deck you got, Killer Pre- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the chef. <laughs> Here's one for you, Capadonna. Fucking, yeah. what, ha- what happened to Capadonna? <laughs> you, you got a new moccasin game. <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody here ever High play... High dollar moccasin game. Uh, what the fuck was that Wu-Tang fighting game they had for PlayStation? I oh, own the Wu-Tang fighting game for PlayStation. I, I own that shit. Dude, Is it I any good? still have it in my game collection. If you and I get together, because I own the PlayStation 1 Wu-Tang controller, if you and I get together and play it on the same PlayStation, the same room, we can summon ODB. Awesome! <laughs> right, right. Gotta sprinkle a little rock out. Just that game is fun. Bit. What a fucking piece of shit controller! Later tonight, but yeah, I was just gonna say, shimmy shimmy y'all five yeah. times. No fear. Shimmy shimmy y'all, shimmy y'all, shimmy yay. All you hear is off-key piano start playing, and you're like, "Oh my god, is that here?" You gotta have, but you also have to. You have to have a forty of oldie in the, you know, in the bathroom in front of the mirror when you yes. say shimmy shimmy y'all five times. Yes. <laughs> Do you want to hear some shit? Yeah, I was a fucking like Nissan commercial last year. They play shimmy shimmy they in did. the fucking background. I'm just like, I hope the fans get paid. All right, so that's my number two, 36 Chambers. Gonna pass it to you, Marshall. Yeah, Marshall, it's up uh, to you, buddy. All right, my number one. Well, I'm actually I'm surprised it hasn't been anybody else's number one yet, but it's been everybody else has been naming it. But my number one. Wu Tang Clan, Enter the Thirty Six Chambers, the, you know the thir- you know Enter the Wu. That's my number one. Again, we've been talking about it up to you know. There's really not much yeah, more please. I can say, but that yeah, I held off. That that's definitely my all my all time favorite uh, hip hop rap album of all time. What did you think when you first heard it? I remember. I remember to this day, the first time my ears were struck by the gritty hardcore. Um, notes of um god bring the ruckus and i but i was like taken to a whole nother world uh because it, it was like nothing i'd ever heard before up till then like up at that point like i was 14 i think when i first heard it yeah. i remember it because it was aaron who introduced it to me and our friend ty we were it was in a summer it was a summer we were sitting on the back porch of our cottage and we were sitting it was like the three of us were uh and like here check this out i'm like all right cool i'll put in my i put in my walkman my cd discman i should say and uh here comes bring the ruckus i was like what the fuck is this what (laughs) what this how can music be like this i was like oh my god and i just remember looking at aaron and ty they're watching me experience wu-tang for the first time and it was just like transcendent it was so crazy that uh but yeah, I will always remember the very first time that first bring the motherfucking ruckus hit my ears, and I was never the same after that. Um, <laughs> That's beautiful. So, Wu Tang's Enter the Thirty Six Chambers is by my all time favorite number one hip hop album. Period. You know, like Dude, you know, Marshall end of conversation. Such a big Wu Tang fan, he would he would buy all the obscure offshoot out Sons of God, Sons of Man. Um, oh, I had Killer Army, Killer Priest, Loud LA or Loud yes. Dark Man, Killer Bees. I, like, if it had the Wu Tang Wu on it, 
I was buying. I had every member's solo album, like you guys. I had Inspect the Deck. I, you know, you name it. I, yeah, I went crazy. I had like ten different Wu Tang shirts, and like I was all in. And I, mean, um, I to the point of, like it was my end all be all. I think you gave um, one of your older Wu Tang shirts to Eric to wear tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, that's yeah, the one I did with the black and yellow, the classic black. That was my very first Wu Tang shirt. Was the yeah, classic you had the black, original the yellow yeah. Wu. My, and then, yeah. my, my favorite is the one that, that Aaron has, and it's. <laughs> Aaron, please describe it for me because I'm just so, fucking. It's just so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it, just has, it just has Ric Flair's face. Oh, yeah. Woo! And then the symbol of the Wu-Tang effect. Oh, my God. It's, it's Rick Flair's Tang. place that says Tang on it. <laughs> Woo! Tang. Woo! Tang. What establishment Tang. did you purchase this fucking golden nugget from? I... I don't remember somewhere somewhere online, but goddamn, I that's had how a It's how you bridge too. the Midwest and the East Coast, right there. It's, yeah, is with Ric Flair and and then the Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> Cincinnati Jeff, didn't you get a cool Wu Tang shirt recently? I did, I did. My good friend, my very good friend, my uh, dare I describe him, my heterosexual life mate, uh, not just me, Werewolf had bought me a birthday present. He dropped it off at my house during the COVID-19 pandemic. He threw it at me. Um, and hidden inside was a Bud Light seltzer, which I did not appreciate. But then wrapped around wrapped around the Bud Light seltzer was a Wu-Tang Clan shirt with the Wu-Tang symbol. Uh, and what it is, is it's uh, it's uh, Stephanie and DJ Tanner, who is an official DJ, uh, giving the W... Uh, and then cut out of the full from the full house sh- sitcom, and then cut into the shape of the Wu Tang W. And it is hands down my favorite Wu Tang shirt, so much more than even the one that my wife made me years ago by hand. I actually had a Wu Tang ring as like this big metal ring of yes! the Wu Tang W. I had, I would wear, and I remember what I one of my Wu Tang shirts. I actually got in trouble. I got kicked. I was asked to change it. Like they told, I had told to go home and change my shirt. Because it was a, the front was nothing bad. It was a, a really cool front. I don't remember the front as much, but the back of it listed every member by name: like Riza, Jizza, Method Man, blah blah blah. But because it had Audrey Bastard on it, they were so offended by the word bastard. Like they were like they were so pissed off. They're like, "You have to change that shirt. That's inappropriate." I'm like, "Fuck you! Turn your shirt inside like, out." And, <laughs> the old lady's monocle fell out. She's like, "But it was a glow in the dark Wu Tang shirt too." So that was it, it glue in the dark. <laughs> And then they would oh, hand yes. you a copy of Catcher in the Rye where Holden Caulfield shoots people. They're like, hey, make sure you read this and write a book report. <laughs> Do not wear an ODB shirt. <laughs> hey, before we... Jesus anyway now, so... Before we move on, though, I do got to touch on one thing. Marshall said one of the whitest things I think I've ever heard in my entire life when he said I was in the back of my cottage listening to my CD <laughs> Walkman. I'm like, we're... he was also eating a brown swagger and mayonnaise sandwich in case anybody was wondering. I, I hesitated to say cottage because like, th- this is not going to go off well, but like, because it's not quite like that. It's just like... <laughs> Aaron knows what I'm talking about, it, it, but it's a different. It's a totally different thing. <laughs> Unless you're there, you know. It's I don't know what else to say about it. So I was yeah. in my log cabin. I was in my log cabin in, in Nebraska. <laughs> I knew I was. Getting, I knew I'd give some grief for that eventually. But like, I don't know what else to say. I mean, <laughs> you did. Like, you did on your last episode talk about how Aaron was rolling up a joint on a picture of your dad and his boat. Yes. <laughs> Does anybody else have a dad with a boat that isn't a bass boat? We were playing croquet, and I hit one of the peasants in the head. And... <laughs> hey, they've been Shauncey, warned enough to get out of the way. Go get the broom. 
We had just left our horse galloping classes. And... <laughs> We're just kidding, buddy. All right. Uh, so I believe we are on Aaron now for his number one. Yes, my number one. Um, when I heard this album, I lost my goddamn mind. Kind of what Mars was talking about with Bring the Ruckus and Wu-Tang. Which, don't get me wrong, Wu-Tang blew my fucking mind as well. But Dr. Octagon, Dr. Oncologist, September 1996. Oh, Dr. Octagon, holy shit, man, yes! I made a reference to him earlier. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. That's why I was like, I gotta keep it quiet. (laughs) One of the most bizarre, silly, disturbing, trippy, sexy albums I've ever heard. It's like if the cat, like, the characters from Spaceballs made a psychedelic horror rap album. That's what you'd get. Um, but credit Dr. also Dr. needs to go to Dan the Automator because oh, of yeah. his beats. Um, there's The beats are so unique, but it fits with their insane, bizarro, twisted lyrics from Cool Keith that it works. I There's mean, who sample. I thought would be on your top five summer. I thought for sure you'd have a Cool Keith album on your top oh, five. Oh, yeah, dude. But he, they sample porn, they sample classical music, and they sample horror movies, specifically uh, Dr. Giggles. But <laughs> it's such a bizarro blend. I, I can't get enough. And it's... We talk about the low-end theory. You, you listen to it, it can feel pretty 90s. You listen to... Um, a couple other out, even some Wu Tang, it feels kind of nineties. But Doctor Octagon just felt timeless, like ahead of its time because it's so bizarre and the beats are so good. It's brilliant. Now, Doctor Oct- like Cool Keith went on to do Doctor Doom, uh, self-titled Cool Keith. Um, he did um, a couple other uh, Diesel Truck Brothers, um, Chewbacca Uncircumcised. All kinds of weird stuff. Um, what did you nothing, say? Nothing was better than Dr. Octagon. Dude, that, that, no, Dr. Octagon, you're speaking to my heart right now, Aaron, because Dr. <laughs> Octagon, Dan the Automator, Cool Keith, like, especially Cool Keith, I could go back to listen to any album, but like, uh, uh, Dan the Automator, the, what is it, the mm. Songs to Make Love to Your Old Lady by? What a <laughs> fucking great album. It's so weird and bizarre, but it's like, it's got this, like, charisma about it where you just want to keep listening you're like what yeah. the fuck are they going to come up with next it's so so good dude i i hats off for yeah for saying dr octagon ben you're up buddy you're number one sir oh boy all right man so i'm pretty sure i said this earlier in the podcast but i had a I, dude i was mentally tortured by this task to come up with my top five because there's like, dude, I, I got 25 and I had to go talk to my wife and go, what do I do? She's like, I don't know. You're a fucking idiot. Figure it out. I'm like, okay, fair enough. But Thanks, yeah, thank you. Thank you for being a huge help. So my favorite rap album of all time, I still listen to it to this day, probably two to three times a week is doggy style by Snoop Dogg. I cannot get enough of that fucking album. Every single time I hear it, it's like the first time I heard it over again. Dude, like, all the way down when you get to the very end and you're like, dude, how could this get any better than G's and Hustlers hits? And you're like, oh my god. (laughs) Banger! What the fuck did I just listen to? Like, how can you end an album that strong? I mean, oh my, I, I, I don't even have the words to explain. Like, the first time I heard that album, I was like, this is music. This is what 
rap and hip hop is supposed to sound like. This is amazing. Every fucking lyric, every that smooth, that smooth rap style by Snoop Dogg, where he makes it sound so effortless. You know, he's high as fuck the whole time. That's like, probably why. But it's a blunt, right? But like, you know, he'll hit the fucking blunt and he'll just sit there and like, like, dude, like that is the that is the epitome. That is the whole like rap encompasses like that entire fucking persona right that fucking cool laid back smoke some weed fucking let's 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 fucking drop some beats and just fucking get down like that is that was doggy style all the way through to this day i will listen to it two to three times a week i can't get enough that's all i got to say that's it it's i like w balls i remember my grandma first getting my grammy getting uh cable tv the first one in the family and catching uh doggy style uh music videos on MTV and just bringing that back and singing that to kids in Catholic school. (laughs) (laughs) Just people either being super pissed or not knowing what I'm talking about or adults being super pissed. And then kids not knowing what I'm talking about. It was man, that, that is a damn good album. What was the old, what was the old Jim Norton joke about, uh, Snoop Dogg becoming part of the Me Too movement, but he was like walking around white women on chains and shit for his album. <laughs> walking them around like dogs, literally. They had collars around their neck. It's such a fucking funny thing, dude. The 90s were a simpler time. There was a you could walk yeah. your hose down the street on a leash, and no one batted an eye. Yeah, it was, uh, that was on, I think that was uh, Who Am I or, or What's My Name, whatever that one's yeah. called. And uh, yeah. Was, murder was the. Murder was the case. Was that on Doggy Style too? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah, that okay. also had like gin and juice, and and that was that's a good album. That old family classic. Yep. Uh, all right, so uh, up for me, my number one. Uh, it has Better been up. said several times tonight. Um, Wu Tang Clans enter the Wu Tang Thirty Six Chambers. This just. Everybody's already said such fantastic things. This is a solid debut effort. This is one of those albums that, again, you can listen to start to finish. Every song is a banger. First out of the gate is fucking Bring the Ruckus. Bring the motherfucking ruckus! Bring the noise! Uh, When that sets up the entire fucking vibe of the album, my personal favorite off of there, because they've already talked about Cream and Protect Your Neck, is Method Man. It's one of my personal favorites because it's the first time you get to hear Method Man rap. He has, again, like Busta Rhymes, uh, such a unique style, a unique timing signature. It's very uh, off as, as a, outside of the simple 4-4 method. Um, and it just, it's such a, this was originally, Method Man, the single, was originally supposed to be their first single um, mm-hmm. before, uh, I think, Protect Your Neck. <clears throat> and they, they changed it at the, at, the, at the midnight hour. But that song itself is so iconic that one of my favorite things about it is, if you guys ever watched the Chappelle show, it got it. This song got its very own skit um, on the hip hop news break with Chuck Taylor, and then you fucking you cue <laughs> Chappelle oh, in whiteface, uh, and he's talking about how the police are on the prowl for a Wu Tang Clan member named Method Man who assaulted another rapper in Upper East Side New York, and then they go to the rapper, and it's Tron. He's in, he's in this hospital bed. He's being he's been tortured by fucking Method Man. He's like, it was crazy, son. He just he took my nuts, just my nuts, and he put them on a dresser, and he banged them shits with a spike bat, and then he sold my asshole shut, and he just kept feeding me and feeding me, and it wasn't just him. It was the RZA, the Jizza, old dirty bastard. <laughs> just he just fucking kept going on. Raekwon the chef. 
you got Ghostface killed. They were all there, man. And they like, and then Tron couldn't handle any more. But the last thing the reporters got was that uh, later on in the evening, Method Man had uh, set a hanger on a uh, oven for about four or five hours, and then just stick his ass in his slow like. <laughs> it's just that that alone should just describe to you that like if this if this album is worth anything, the one song can get its own skit. And be made fun of in a way that it's still humorous, but also gangster as hell and dark and mm-hmm. just gritty. And then, man, I mean, this this set up everything. After this, of course, their their debut out al- or their follow up album was was Wu Tang Forever, which has and this was hard for me because it's one of my favorite songs on there. Uh, you know, reunited, which is just it's it's a solid just rap effort. But my favorite part is just the chorus that's repeated over over again, which is it's Woo motherfucker, Woo <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> you can't get that. That's just that's great. That's a way to start an album. But in between that, thirty six chambers set up solo efforts for every single member of the Wu Tang. Yep. Everybody had a solo album. Most of them are produced by RZA, and then yep. half of them fucking get started on it. They're practically Wu Tang albums themselves, yep. and that's such a cool thing to think about. Is because this first album basically set up an entire catalog of Wu Tang albums before you even got to their second album, just based off of the talent and the popularity and just the fucking sheer amazingness as of what this, this first album was. And I had unfortunately forgotten. My love for Wu-Tang. I fell in love with them when I was very young. And not that I'd forgotten or I didn't listen to them or people were like, oh, Wu-Tang. I wouldn't say like, oh, fuck them. I just didn't think about it. And it was that first season of Luke Cage on Netflix. Yeah. Nice. Where Luke Cage runs into Method Man and fucking Luke Cage is like, yo, dog, it's you. And fucking Method's like, no, dude, it's you. And fucking Luke Cage is like, LPO style, dude, it's my shit. And then it like exchanging hoodies and Method Man goes on like a local radio show and, uh, tells a story about it and then he just drops some like this fucking free throw like just fucking rap just like out of nowhere just flowing just he just wrote it that day kind of shit and it's just man i just forgot how great method man was and it just sparked my love for him and at the same time while this was going on you had that uh uh i know aaron will know him for sure that martin uh shkreli the uh, the the farmer bro dude and this guy, this has such a fantastic fucking story. Uh, and this is, I'll say this last thing, and I've been talking for a while, and then I'll be done. Is he, this guy, if you don't know who he is, he, he raised the price of a bunch of drugs, uh, specifically, uh, I think it's uh, Daraprim or something like that, which he is like a the real drug? version of Red Skull. He yeah, raised it's, it. it's, it's, a, it's a rare drug used to treat a rare disease that's really super cheap to make, but because it's so rare... He bought the patent for it and went from $12 a bottle to $658 a bottle. Yes, Not exactly. exactly. Not cool. So, so like he, insanely jacked it up. He went. He he. They ended up going to uh, convict him for fraud and and things like that over, over this kind of stuff. Good. And Method Man was on. I want to say Howard Stern, and they're talking about this because at the same time when he had all this money rolling in because of this, he bought a rare one of a kind Wu Tang album that RZA had worked on. And I, I wouldn't say it's a Wu Tang in the in the fullest sense because I don't know if everybody was on it, but it was one of a kind, and I think he bought it for like a million dollars. And he would say he yeah, was going to release like it. A crazy box, like in a crate. It was gold plated. It was yeah, it was extravagant as fuck. He there's wasn't going to release it, right? That there was, was only, yeah, there's only one copy, and he, he's getting all this hate for all his other shit, so he's like, people keep talking shit to me, I'm just going to fucking break the motherfucker, and you'll never hear it. That there's is just the made. one copy. Eventually, That's how you die. He, he released a couple of, like, 30-second snippets of it, but there's no, the whole thing hasn't been released. 
But because he did this, when he was on trial and they were vetting jury members, people are like, would you... It was just the Wu-Tang that was... They were like, would you vote him guilty because he raised the price on this? And people were like, yes. One person was like, no. And they were like, well, would you vote him guilty because he was uh, found uh, convicted of social security fraud? They're like, no. He's like, but I'd still send him to jail. And they're like, why? He's like, because they fucking disrespected the Wu. And they, (laughs) they said that to a grand jury. And that got back to Method Man. And he just goes... That fucking W goes far, man. You <laughs> don't know how fucking far that W goes. You do not fuck with the woo. There is like online rules, right? The online rules is like you don't fuck with animals. And you don't you spin the wind. Fuck. You don't pull on Superman's cape. Yep. You don't pull the mask the Yellow Ranger. Woo. You don't fuck with the woo. <laughs> you don't fuck with the woo. You don't talk bad about Keanu Reeves. Like there is internet rules <laughs> that exist for a reason. Don't fuck with these people. Don't touch exactly. the woo. And it was that, it was that seeing it on Luke Cage and then literally hearing that story maybe a couple of days later just reminded me why the Wu-Tang was not only one of my favorites of all time, one of the greatest of all time, but why I had so much love for the group. It's, it's, it's a community. It is. Dude, it's like, it's almost like a cult following, right? And I think I, I don't know if you guys remember this, and I know we've been kind of talking about this for a while, so I'll make it quick. But um, when all that shit happened with Wendy Williams and Method Man, I don't know if you guys remember that or not. But Wendy Williams, this is why I personally like this was my not that I was ever a Wendy Williams fan, but like when <laughs> when like I heard what she did to Method Man, what happened was Method Method Man's wife had cancer mm-hmm. and she hadn't released it to her family. She hadn't released it to any of her fan or or she hadn't fans. She hadn't released it to any of her family members, friends anything and wendy williams got a copy of her medical records i don't know how i don't know what happened but so she got on her talk show her nationally broadcasted talk show and starts talking about method man's wife having cancer and uh she and method man was like you know look this is this is the thing like with music you can attack me you can attack the woo but don't fuck with my family because i'll fucking kill you i'll fucking put you in your fucking grave think I'm fucking joking. Like, this is not a joke to me. Her family didn't know. Her friends didn't know. I know I'm repeating myself. Like, how fucked up is that to do that to somebody? Like, you know, she wanted to take her time to let people know she was suffering from cancer. And Wendy Williams stripped him of that. And, like, from that point, I was like, well, congratulations, Wendy Williams. You have now made enemies with 90% of America. You're fucking... (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I got some bad news. You know Michael Jordan? He don't like the woo. Oh... Well, watching his documentary, I don't think a lot of people like Michael Jordan right now. Yeah. <laughs> Wendy Williams went out and bought like a bunch of fucking turtlenecks so she could, in fact, protect the neck. neck. <laughs> Thank you, boys. Thank you, boys. All right. Uh, nachos, go ahead, buddy. We've, we've been flapped on for a while. So no, go real ahead. quick. <laughs> you brought it up. That fucking farmer bro dude was trying to beef with Captain America. <laughs> yeah, like, I remember that. And he's like, you know, uh, you're just an actor. And he's just like, yeah, but well, I could beat you up real good. I'm still <laughs> buff and huge in real life, dude. So right. don't. <laughs> yeah. right. he, All you have is an NBA. I have a fucking adamantium uh, shield. That's right. Vibranium. Vibr- ah, it's not adamantium. It's uh, vibranium. 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 Yes. Thank you. Thank you. God, we're just nerd flexing all over the place today. <laughs> I wonder right. why Lauren Hill hates white people again. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I'm Caucasian, but uh, no, <clears throat> it's Paul's boutique. Come on. Yes. Don't lie. Don't lie, Nachos. I saw your list, and you had number one was Shaq Fu. Let's be honest. Don't try flexing. I told flexing. Confidence, man. It was the soundtrack for fucking Kazam. (laughs) 
Full transparency, 36 Chambers was going to be in my number one or number two, but I knew it was going to be said by literally everybody here. So I was like, ah, I got to leave it off. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. The real question is, white males in the ages in between <laughs> 30 to 45 all like the Wu-Tang. That's a good message. Oh, uh, dude, what about Cisco? Enter the Dragon? Can we talk about that album for a minute? Thong song? I just love it when he, like, he does, like, the hiding ti- hidden tiger, like, creeping dragon run across butts. <laughs> <laughs> That's, like, my favorite time. Yeah, it's great. Instead the of bit- rice paper, it's just asses and thongs? Yes. All right, I do got some honorable mentions and shit. Remember that time Method Man teamed up with Fred Durst? Oh my God! Yes. Oh yeah. Well, hold on. It wasn't just Fred Durst. It was the entire Limp Bizkit, and it was the, the shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. They were dissing on each other. It was fun. It was fun. All right. I remember that. So I won't lie. There was a time when I liked it. I because I like it's, I, if Method Man was on it or something. Like, I I but, don't hate that song. Yeah, I don't hate it either. Out there, man. Uh, you guys know the Ghetto Boys, right? Oh, oh yeah. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. I Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Yeah, yes, of course. This uh, the beloved song from Office Space. You know that shit or that line where they go, "Oh fuck, Chuck's on a killing spree." Yeah, that's from a song called "Chucky." The Ghetto Boys did that I've never heard before until about a week ago. Hmm. It's it's fucking gruesome, and they sample a lot of you know Charles Lee Ray Chucky, the Lakeshore Strangler, uh, and it and it's very entertaining. Um, did you know the Crypt Keeper had a rap album? No. Yeah, I did hear I, about this. I never it, heard it, but I heard rumors that that existed. An it's album? Cool. Yeah, he did a Christmas album also. I remember this is uh, going. It's going to be like, Kenny Rogers had a, had a uh, rap album about chicken, and I'm just lying. No, no, I am dead fucking serious with all this. This was the shit I researched. Uh, there, there is no Rick Rolling here. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Freddy Krueger had a full-on rap album. I, I know he had uh, he made appearances in DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince and the Fat Boys. Well, that's not really rap- him in the. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Aaron. He raps in the Fat Boys, mm-hmm. um, and he's just scary in the DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince one. But I didn't know he had an actual album. Yeah, I mean, some of it's cool. Uh, I talk. I think Lisa Wilcox is on one or two of them. No, but you know the story how the Fresh Prince or how Freddy Krueger killed the Fresh Prince. So, like, they had that song, Nightmare on My Street kind of shit. They yes. didn't get the okay from New Line, so Big Dick Rob Shea, you know, just walks over and just is like, nah, fuck this, fuck that. Sued the shit out of him. He's like, you can't rap with uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff anymore, and you can never be the Fresh Prince. You can never rap as the Fresh Prince ever again. So, straight up, Freddy Krueger killed the Fresh Prince. Wow! <laughs> yeah, it's kind of bonkers. Okay, I got a random piece of trivia here. All right, while we're on the while we're on the topic of Cisco, so <laughs> all right, I'll tell you what. If anybody can answer this without no looksies, okay, I just opened up a new beer. I'll chug this entire beer right now. If anybody can name this, Cisco got his start from another band. What was the name of the band that he got his start from? Drew Hill. God damn it, Aaron! It's Drew Hill. <laughs> Down goes the beer. I was, I was hoping, I was hoping he'd say, "I'm like, oh, dude, I know it's Drew Hill." <laughs> Drew Hill, man, that dude. You would be surprised how many people do not know that. Like, how, how many people don't remember Cisco being in Drew Hill? And it's, I mean, Drew Hill is such a stupid band. Like, 
I know there's probably a lot of Drew Hill lovers that listen to this podcast, but you know, <laughs> our age dem- our demographic more R&B listeners. style, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, let me give you a piece of trivia there, sir. And this is surprising because this is somebody who did not come up on the show tonight. Uh, but can you name me the popular hip hop artist who originally was part of the digital underground? I know Tupac. this shit. That's Tupac. It's Tupac. It is. You know, that is correct. Yeah. I don't know he made his... there's no Tupac listed. I, I thought made... something yeah. Tupac or Biggie he, or something. He made his yeah. film Thank debut you. Thank you. Uh, in uh, Nothing, uh, nothing, nothing But Trouble. Nothing But Trouble. With uh, Chevy Chase and John Candy the, and Demi Moore. The when Digital trip. Underground. Uh, and, and Dan Eckler, when Digital Underground gets uh, That's in front a of the fucking judge, weird ass movie. Man. And they fucking have so to weird. sing and dance their way out of their ticket. And fucking Tupac just. All around the world, just fucking sing in the background, just fucking providing the vocals. How did we make it through that? Honestly, Marshall just hit a good point. How do we make it through the entire podcast, like greatest rap albums, without listing Tupac or Biggie? No one said either. Of them. I was just gonna say that. Man. We're trying to avoid the wrath, but in a way, I'm kind of glad because I think I think you know, you know, we're all original because we they're always all, on everything. Almost um, everybody had Wu Tang, but I mean, yeah, like, I'm kind of glad they they did show up on the list. To be honest, yeah, I mean, I have like you know, I have Tupac's All Eyes on Me. Yeah, I have uh, you know a greatest hits of his, uh, but you know, I like I would never put them up there as um, as my top albums. You know, it, it just weren't. The less it's just I not my personal Shug, faith. Yeah, yeah. The less I get Suge Knight looking at me, the better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If there's anybody. And this is coming from a horror movie fan, aficionado, whatever I can be called. If there's anyone who ever existed in real life or fiction that scares the shit out of me, it's Suge Knight. He's the Suge man. Yeah, he literally ran somebody over in a vehicle. Two people in broad daylight in front of 50 people and like a Burger King. And that's why he's in jail now. (laughs) Okay, so so question. Let's go around the board here. Question. What's the better Biggie album, Ready to Die or Life After Death? Ooh. I don't know because I've never listened to either one of them. I never Are you really serious? Oh, oh no! I like Tupac better. That's what I'm getting. That's at. hard. I will say uh, "Ready to Die" for me, but I don't. I don't know if anybody else has uh, listened to. No, that's all. what his doctor told him when he was eating that like seventeen <laughs> Big Mac. Uh big ups to Brooklyn. Uh, does anybody else have anything before we end out this episode, this mini so here? Good man. Uh, well, I had some things I want to say, but now I can't remember. But I think. We could almost do you could almost do an entire another mini episode and just Wu Tang albums and talk about Wu Tang memories. I mean, I, I, <laughs> talk yeah, that, dude. Oh, I, I keep going. I remember but, what um, it was. Uh, I will say uh, uh, earlier somebody mentioned that their first, their very first rap CD or something like that. Their first was you know whatever it was. I don't remember. Um, Make them take off. Yeah, there you go. Um, my, I, I will say my, it came up briefly. You're talking about, uh, my very first rap CD was also my very first CD ever. I'm not proud of this, but I was like, Big Willie style. Or I hear you. It <laughs> was DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. <laughs> hey, that's uh, right, man. That shit's fun. Uh, Summer. You weren't too far off. Was, uh, it was my very first CD. My, actually, I, when I bought my first CD, I bet I got two. I got two CDs my at the same time because I got my argument. Like, well, I'm like, I want another one to listen to. So I'm like, okay, that makes sense. So get two. I'm like, all right. Even more embarrassing than, than I can't believe I'm going to um, say this on air. Even more embarrassing than DJ Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince. My other first CD was the 
Robin Hood soundtrack with the Brian Adams song on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because I still, that song I, was so big at the time, I got the Robin Hood soundtrack. <laughs> I listened to that song every night and rubbed my nipples. So, <laughs> that song's just legit really called Panty Melter. <laughs> I, like, I was like, did you make anything else to add? Marsha's like, I had something, but... Less no, important, about, but more important about, is this Brian Adams. Have you heard of it? <laughs> no, there's something about like a bootay or some albums or something. I don't remember all what it was, but um, I got one. yeah, whatever. All right, Marshall, you you were a avid Wu Tang collector. Did you yes. have any of the uh, the Wu Tang collection VHS? Uh, you know, what I'm talking about um. The Kung like, Fu movies? Yes, yeah, Kung Fu movie collection. Sorry, I forgot words in that sentence. No, I never actually had any like the, the Kung Fu movies that they uh that they, they reference or, or sample. I never got I never had any of those. You guys ever seen um, Joe Assassin? What? Like a, they, they they sample a lot of liquid source from that. It's oh, look at swords. Like I said, I was listening to that before I started recording and I it made me think like, man, I would like to see what movie this is from. Cause like you know they're talking about you know choose the ball or the sword you know you don't uh, understand but choose one choose life or death now come boy you know yeah, we must choose awesome. Shogun and, Assassins yeah and yeah and the, and the Shogun's you know uh, executioner or something like that. yeah I mean there's so many good samples on the Liquid Sword ones and this is literally why we had this topic because we could probably go on all night about this stuff yeah like, I mean it's just it's never ending with us and that's what makes yeah. it so fun it just fits in so well with us I just love it. Um, so before we do sign off, uh, guys from the horrible horror, I want to thank you again for being here. Uh, and then Ben Welling from the reject room. So, uh, horrible horror guys, you got anything you want to plug? Anything you want to talk about before we sign off? Yeah, I've, I've been working on, uh, <laughs> last time I it was kind of funny because I think one of the last times I talked about it was the episode where I was a guest on night of the living dead, 1990. And I was like, Oh yeah. In about five days, I'm going to come out with my top 10, uh, scariest movies I ever had as a kid. Uh, I'm still working on it. Um, it's it's actually everything's recorded, everything's done. It just needs to be edited and put together. I hope to have it out this week. Right on, right on, Mr. Hampton. Anything and they can find us. <laughs> <laughs> Get that plug, boy. Of course, uh, uh, yeah. You can you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. Our Twitter handles at so bad it's scary. We have our website, which is horriblehorrorpodcast.com. Uh, we're of course we're a podcast, so you can listen to us on all the platforms: iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Spreaker, whatever. Wherever you have podcasts, we're there. You can also find them on many episodes of Here Comes the Spooky, as of recently. Yes, we yeah. we've been very lazy lately. We 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 need to get back on the ball with our show, but, and and we'll be coming back. We're coming back. So it's not like we're done. Us down. We, no, we you do. They also have a Patreon, so if you if you've checked out their stuff and you like them, then definitely check out their Patreon. Throw throw them a buck or two. Uh, here comes the spooky subscribe to as well. And since they've 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 uh, they've taken a little sabbatical right now, while everything's just getting reorganized with the whole world, I have started a list of movies that I'm going to suggest on their Patreon. I can't wait till they get to them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, starting with with Raw Force. Can I? Play? I for months i think aaron i think aaron borrowed a copy from you and he's still yet to give it to me to watch but i've been wanting to see that for a he's, long time he sleeps with it every night and then after he talks to you he licks it <laughs> <laughs> can i plug something real quick for the reject room i was actually gonna say then mr welly please your turn is up next sir 
Well, the reject room is on a bit of a hiatus right now, so I think I'm going to start a horror movie podcast called Here Comes the Spooky. So I'm going to be starting up a Patreon. I'm going to start up a fucking whatever. Just donate to me because I'm broke, so please send me money. And, uh, if you yeah, need that's all I got. I think Terrible Terror would be a really good name for a podcast. Oh, yeah, the Terrible Terror it's podcast. It's already taken! Yeah. <laughs> They've got five years yeah, under their belt. Well, actually, my, my alter persona is uh, Joe Rogan, so I think I'm actually going to start a podcast called The Joe Rogan Experience. I don't know yet. <laughs> weighing out options. I don't know. The Joel Rogan. It's Joel Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> Not Joe's anything from you, buddy. Uh, You can touch it for two bucks. What? What do you want to hear? Something clever? I have crippling depression. Something like that. Uh, Alright, so I guess then from us is thanks for joining you guys. Really appreciate it. For all those that are listening out there, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Here Comes Spooky. Instagram at Here Comes The Spooky. We do uh, we post about our uh, updates for episodes. We also post recently about movies to watch during the quarantine. Uh, some things that we just kind of recommend that we either have reviewed or haven't reviewed. Uh, so definitely check that up. Recently we Ooh. just posted about pieces. It's exactly what you think it is. It's exactly That's what it sounds best. like fucking tagline for any horror movie ever so definitely check that out uh and then of course you could email us at uh, here comes the spooky at gmail.com we've only ever gotten two one about uh cory feldman and how we uh, he apparently couldn't walk uh during silver bullet and we had to correct that listener <laughs> then the other one about how yeah. to properly pronounce the word barbara i know it's yeah, barbara so- if I you think you know what the fuck you're talking them. about, step on up and get your nipples thumped. But hey, you Miles, know what? People are talking about us. <laughs> also, so, do we got anything crazy coming down the pipes? Maybe like uh, we do. Uh, so we are gonna we are gonna visit uh, the uh, sanitarium at where nachos. Uh, I think it's like Pine Pine Glen Pine Grubby Pine Pine Hurst. Pinehurst. Pinehurst, yeah. It, uh, it's going to be an all-nude episode, so that's an incentive to get a Patreon so you can block it. Yep, but no video. There's no video. We don't do any video, but we will be nude. Call the Wangisode. Yep. So when we get up, you can hear things just... <laughs> and they're going to be eating pizza with pineapple on it. <laughs> I love it! I like pizza with pineapple. That's a horror. Uh, and we find out if Roy's a good uh, uh, paramedic or not. Uh, so yeah, with that being said, really... Bar. We really appreciate everybody uh, coming on here. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you very are we much. Doing, are we doing the big five? Are we going to try to do that? Uh, five, five alive. We're going to do it on th- uh, on three, two, one, gentlemen. We're going to say, "Stay spooky." We're going to try it. So, three, two, one, stay, stay spooky. spooky. <laughs>